on this first Sunday in Advent, our Old Testament reading is from the book of the prophet Jeremiah in the 33rd chapter, beginning at verse 14 and continuing through verse 16, relating to watching, waiting with bated breath. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written, Behold, the days are coming, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days... Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which she will be called the Lord, our righteousness. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading this morning comes to us from the gospel according to Luke in the 21st chapter, beginning at verse 29 and continuing through verse 36. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as Jesus speaks. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees as soon as they sprout leaves. You can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Here ends this reading from God's Holy Word. This morning's Gospel text is all about time. It's appropriate for a scripture to be read on this First Sunday in the season of Advent, for we have indeed entered a special time in the life of the church. We have, so to speak, begun the countdown to Christmas. Thanksgiving and Black Friday are now both behind us. The airwaves are monopolized by holiday music. Decorations are springing up. And parades have already begun. There are now just 26 days until the festival day. In our home, we have an Advent calendar, which Rhonda herself made. She painted the canvas and put Velcro fasteners on it and on the many figures which get placed on it, one per day by our girls until those slots are all filled and we are at Christmas. I was amazed when I saw an article a few weeks ago describing just a sampling 
the plethora of Advent calendars that are now flooding the market. There seems to be a unique calendar for every sort of gourmet aficionado, from cigars to food and drink, though I'm not quite sure yet how a whiskey a day through Advent would help me to remember when we had arrived at Christmas. But the original intent behind an Advent calendar was to do just that, to keep track of the days before we celebrated the coming of the Messiah. After all, we wouldn't want that day to catch us unexpectedly. This is, it seems to me, to be at the very heart of Jesus' teaching here, though he has in mind another divinely appointed day. The point, though, for his disciples then and now, I believe, is this. Watch and wait, but above all else, prepare yourselves and be ready. There is a lot, after all, to do. There are the ordinary time and labor-intensive tasks that are required of us in any given day or throughout any given week. And then here comes this holiday season from Thanksgiving right up to New Year's, and now we find ourselves saddled with additional burdensome responsibilities. Truth is, this is why I often find myself being a bit of a Grinch this time of year, although becoming a parent has helped me to grow the size of my heart. But I know that the added stress can take a toll on people, and I know that the frantic pace that can characterize these days is not unique to me, that things can fall through the cracks, and that's precisely why Jesus is teaching about priorities. Earlier this year, I received a notice from our State Motor Vehicles Administration containing a general reminder that it was time for me to renew my driver's license. On account of the pandemic, though, all of their branch offices were closed indefinitely. I could, however, renew by mail, which actually sounded like a pretty hassle-free alternative. There was only one small fly in the ointment. Because I am restricted to driving on account of corrective lenses, I was going to need to submit a supplemental form of a recent eye exam. And of course, for the same reason that all of those Department of Motor Vehicle offices were closed, the ophthalmologists had all greatly changed the way they were conducting business. I called practices in the surrounding five counties here and discovered that the very soonest I could schedule an appointment for an eye exam was months down the line. So I wound up driving to Annapolis just to beat the license renewal deadline. But my point is this. If you find yourselves in the difficult position of having to wait a long time for an important appointment, you want to be sure that you don't miss it. And there is no more important appointment, with my apologies to the 
Motor Vehicles Department in the state of Maryland, Jesus tells his friends, then the one I have made with you. The season of Advent then is a great time for us to brush up on our prioritization skills. Unlike the calendars that the various retailers are offering, though, no collection of fragrances will help folks count down the days until the most important of all events takes place. They and we may be interested in knowing how long we have to finish this year's Christmas shopping. But Jesus is here teaching his friends about that which they and we probably find a whole lot further from our minds. It's a day that we are warned we could very well miss if we have our heads in the sand. Last week, as the family was traveling back here to the shore after our short but safe trip beyond the Tennessee mountains for Thanksgiving with family, we found ourselves approaching the dreaded Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel. And we were coming in right after sundown. Now, ordinarily, as I pilot the minivan through the progression of lane reductions on the approach to that tunnel, my hands tend to grip the wheel a bit tighter, my jaw gets a little bit tenser, my blood pressure begins to tick up a bit. A driver, after all, has to be very attentive at such places. I feel like I stepped right out of a car insurance commercial here. You, but you've all been there. You all know the drill. Perhaps it is in part that we live in such a, a blessedly relaxed area as this, with virtually no traffic other than some farm equipment, but I sense an extra degree of vigilance is necessary when navigating the crush of speeding cars and trucks on the interstate across the bay. But Friday night was surprisingly different. Maybe it was on account of the fact that people were still in the stores, scooping up the very best of those sales that seemingly everyone was offering that day. Or maybe it was because Many people had the day after Thanksgiving off, or maybe it was because the colleges were all on break, and so many students were out of town. But whatever the root cause or causes, this time through, when we reached the tunnel, there, there were not a ton of other vehicles around. So as we prepared to descend into the mouth of the tunnel, I was able to look around and observe that we were going to be driving beneath the very spot where there was at that moment a large container vessel transiting into the harbor. And as we came out the other side, I was able to notice the sunset over the naval shipyards. And it was spectacular. I can still see it in my mind's eye, and I wouldn't have missed it for the world. And yet I can't help but think if I'd been there on another day when there was the far more typical, typical stop-and-go traffic, I would never have noticed that awesome display in the autumn sky. And I have to wonder how many more such spectacles as this one have gone unnoticed 
as I have had my attention diverted by the cares and responsibilities of my daily busyness. This, I think, is what Jesus is helping us to think about as he is describing the life cycle of the fig tree. If an imaginative calendar of some sort helps, then by all means, feel free to use one. But as the section header following this discussion in my Bible reads, this too is an exhortation to watchfulness. Watch for the miraculous thing that God is going to do. Yes, God has done something really, really big. He's working up to. You don't want to miss it. And while you're at it, my brothers and sisters in Christ, watch also for the pretty outstanding stuff that God is doing in the right here and the right now. Amid all the added distractions that come our way as the holidays gear up, it truly can be a greater challenge than usual to keep watch for what God is up to. Unfortunately, my prediction for you is that the world news will become even more grim as we pass through December. And while those stories are not necessarily to be disregarded, they ought not to distract us from our vigilant watch. As Christians, we know uh, of blessed news that is still as important and relevant and good today as it was the moment it first broke forth in a cattle shed outside of Jerusalem. We know the news of a God who is still at work fulfilling the promises that he made with his people from of old, even from the days of Jeremiah. We know the news of a day when the world will again be visited by her maker who shall judge the nations and the people and put all things to rights. It is a true blessing to be able to join with you, friends, our church family, and together live as a people who read and hear and respond to these scriptural headlines above all others in this sacred hour. But it is also a blessing to practice together or as individuals this attentiveness in the other 167 hours of the week, which are just as much gifts of this same God. This is the God who in and through Jesus invites us to prepare ourselves for that which is to come. This is the God who will be intimately involved in that which is to come. This is the God who knows how much that we need him now and how much we will need him in the days to come. For as strong and as smart and as smug as we are, no one, no one will be able to withstand what lies ahead without leaning on those everlasting arms. Advent is indeed a wonderful season, a wonderful time to practice these disciplines, these disciplines of watching and preparing. A great percentage of the world is going to be doing the same things, though perhaps for different reasons. Still, we can be instructed by the example of the Gentiles in the reverence they have for their gods of 
materialism and mammon as they prepare their great feasts and share their well wishes. These weeks of Advent are themselves a special time that lead us up to a special time. And they are also a reminder that the age in which we are living is a special time leading up to a special time. This age is one in which we find ourselves in the already and the not yet. And in this time, may the Spirit encourage us all to remember what has happened in the life of God's people, to watch for what God is up to in our midst, and to prepare for that which is to come when he shall complete the good work that he has begun. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.